This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. At 8.37, joined as we are by John Walker from the Stillwater News Press as we talk a little Oklahoma State football. He's our OSU insider. And John, I have, a, uh, I have a one simple question for you. Is it panic time in Stillwater or no? Um, I'm, you know, I, I do think digging back through, it's a it's probably the worst non well, it is the worst non con loss since ninety one. Um it was a thirty to three loss to Arizona State that day. I don't know if it's exactly panic time. The hand should be over the button, right? Um, but I think how this game responds from what happened last week will be really, really telling about because then they'll go straight into a bye week, right? And so I think how they respond this week on the road, Big 12 opener against an opponent that they should be able to beat, right? I mean, we said that last week, of course. But but against an opponent that they should be able to beat, um, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see how they respond um, in that. But, but my hand's over it, I, I suppose, if we're, uh, if we're sticking with that one. You know, one of the things we've been talking about this morning is the quarterback play, and, of course, that's dominating everyone's – um, conversations for the most part, but I want to ask you: You've you're there, you cover it like Scott has done. Are we missing something else that's just as important? What else, other than quarterback play, are you overly concerned about? Yeah, I, it 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 doesn't matter who the quarterback is if they do not have time, um, and it and it certainly doesn't matter who the quarterback is if you can't establish the run. Um because defenses are able to just pin their ears back and, and come at you, you know, and, and that's what South Alabama did. They turned OSU one-dimensional. Um, large part of that was the scheme early on, but then if the game kind of went the way it did, obviously OSU wasn't going to be able to run the ball. Um, one, we don't know if they were going to be able to do that, and, and two, the, the time constraints. So the offensive line was a, a pretty big concern for me last week especially. You know, when it comes to the running game, we we certainly said, you know, beginning of the year that or in the in the spring, and before actually that he wanted to actually go back to the tight end, the fullback, be able to run the ball more effectively. He believes they're better this year in the running game, Mike Gundy does, than they were last year. Do you agree? Um, we haven't seen it so far, right? It's somebody. I think I think Scott Wright from the Oklahoman actually asked him yesterday. You know, you you've said you you still believe you're better than you were last year. Do you is that still the case? And Mike said, "Yeah, I do." Um, so you talked about that yesterday. It is Monday availability, and it, it was just interesting to hear him say, "You know, we feel like we're just a couple of you know tweaks away from being able to establish the run." He did, you know, to his credit, he pointed out that when they got into the locker room in week one and in week two. For halftime, they were able to make some adjustments that that allowed them to run the ball in in the second half of both of those games. Um, so, would the same thing have happened if if that uh, if that South Alabama game you know was close? I'm not sure, um, but we we haven't seen an overly dominant run game, and and I know that's what they've been looking for. Um, I think Casey Dunn told me after the game he would love to get up to you know four or five yards of carry. And I, I think they're they're sitting just below that as a team. Okay. 
John Walker's with us, Stillwater News Press, talking Oklahoma State football. We'll take your questions if you'd like to ask one to John at 918-262-5072. Scott? I think it's pretty much a given. We're going to see all three quarterbacks again in Ames. But do you think in Saturday Gundy might kind of change up his philosophy and if if somebody's riding a hot hand, he'll stick with him? Or do you think he's just going to stick with this, split the game up into thirds with with drives? Or do you think he might go with a hot hand if there is one? Yeah, I, I think I think he probably will. Um I, I just don't know. Like, at some point, you have to – if somebody pulls away and creates even the, the slightest bit of separation, you have to let them run with that, right? Because um, we we really haven't seen anybody to this point. I, I think maybe you could make the argument for Gunner against Central Arkansas, but we haven't really seen anybody to this point come out, consistently lead the offense downfield in one game, and and you know have a, have a great deal of success. Um, not not so much to where it's like overwhelmingly obvious over the other two, anyways. Um, and so that's you know that's one of the things that makes this so hard to 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 I guess sort out. But yeah, I I would think with you know Big Twelve play getting underway that you would start to narrow down this search, especially headed into a bye week. Um, so maybe we do see all three again, and they'll take the bye week to, to kind of sort this thing out. But I, I really think that if somebody comes out and gets hot, um, especially if that game's close, because only weird games happen in Ames, Iowa, right? <laughs> um, especially if it's what we what we expect this matchup to be. Um, yeah, I, I think they'll probably just stick with the hot hand if there is one. Uh, thankfully, I think at this point, you know, Iowa State is a team that's reeling a little bit as well, not only from the play on the field, but obviously all the gambling gambling allegations have been exactly. thrown around up there. There's a lot not going well for Matt Campbell, and he went after a fan last year or last week when the fan yelled, you're on the hot seat, and he turned around and ran back up the the yeah. Uh, yeah, the tunnel and got after him a little bit. So there's an unsettled Iowa State team there. Having said that, they traditionally play pretty doggone good defense, and this is an Oklahoma State team struggling a little bit on offense. Now, I want to ask you and Scott both this because, again, you guys have seen way more Oklahoma State football than most people outside season ticket holders who are there every week. If one of these guys is going to get hot, which one is it likely to be? Who has the skill set? Who has the, the body, you know, body language? Who's got the ability to take this position over? I'll start with you, John. Yeah, I've I've kind of you know I I've said this I, I think probably after the first couple of weeks, um, and, and so I feel like I have to stick with it at this point. My my changing hasn't think I, I I personally think Garrett Rangel. Um, I think w- the situation he was thrown into last year, where he was just absolutely put into the fire, right? Um, you know, true freshman. They are. They enter that Kansas game on the heels of the worst loss of the Mike Dundee era, and it's like, okay, you know, Lawrence is going to pack the booth to become bowl eligible. Here you go, Garrett Rangel, and it was just like, oh boy, and and so from that moment on, I think everything he went through last year really prepared him for for this year. You know, matured him a lot quicker than he probably expected to at OSU. And and I think we've seen that. He looks the most relaxed of the three out there, in my opinion. 
Um, And then I think when you start to talk about skill set, it's crucial to have somebody at least slightly mobile, right? Because of the offensive line. We've seen that. Um, And we've seen that hinder Alan Bowman at times. You know, he's, he's, he's mobile enough to get out of trouble, but, but I think we've seen that Alan Bowman isn't necessarily going to, you know, break through the second, third level of a defense. And, and so, yeah, I, I think, I think Garrett talent wise is a mix of gunners, like kind of running ability and in the, the pocket passer slash arm that Allen has. Um, and then again, everything he went through last year and the poise that he showed in return, it's uh it's Garrett for me, Scott. Uh, I agree. I, it would be interesting to see, and I, and I hate to keep harping on this, but Alan Bowman has just been victim of so many drops the first couple of weeks. It'd be interesting, interesting to see how, if those receivers had caught those balls, how that would have changed things. But, yes, I agree. I think it's Rangel. Uh, so both of you, I want to put you both on the spot here. Can Oklahoma State, can they afford to play all three all year? Or is this going to be as somebody finally comes to the front? I'm not certain right now. I would have been certain at the start of the year. Right now, I'm just not. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I. I genuinely have no clue at this point. Yeah, I. I. I think if I remember correctly, Mike told us in fall camp, maybe the last practice of fall camp or, or second to last. I don't know, but but he told us he was shocked that that the quarterback competition had extended that long. And so I'm sure, you know, heading into week four of the season now, the fourth game of the season, I don't, if he was shocked then, you know, what, what's the adjective to describe it now? And, and so, yeah, but at this point, you know, I'm certainly not. I could see them using three all season. I'm not sure if that's feasible. Um, you know, when it works, it, it looks really good and it looks cool. But obviously when it doesn't work, you know, against a team like South Alabama, you're that's when it really starts to to go into question. Um, And in South Alabama took advantage of it. Uh, The Ocali wrote a a really good story. They, they got South Alabama's perspective after the game. And they essentially said like, we, we knew like that all we had to do essentially was take away the confidence from whichever quarterback was in, because they knew that they weren't going to be in the game long. And he's like, so we knew that their timing was going to be off with the receivers. The trust maybe wouldn't have been there. And I think you'll see a lot more teams start to load the box like South Alabama did and essentially say, okay, you have three quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be all three, whether it be one, make them beat us. Yeah, and until you can run it efficiently enough, and he brought that up after South Alabama, uh, you, you got to get on a streak here somewhere, and there's no better place to start the names. As you mentioned, there have been strange things happening up there before. A lot of times it's been un, unfortunate for Oklahoma State and other teams. Let's have it maybe go the other direction. Uh, pick me a hero for this week. Somebody comes out of this game bigger than normal. Who is it? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Oklahoma State tries to establish the run. Um, tries to is the key word here, um, and and I'm gonna say that Elijah Collins has a lot to do with that. Elijah Collins, how about you, Scott? I was thinking in the same vein, but I was gonna say Ollie Gordon. There you go. All right, so it's the running game from both you fellas. All right, well, listen, yeah. enjoy. Uh, are you are you going up? Are you making the trip? 
I'll be there. I head out. Uh, I head out on Friday. I'll stay at my mom's in Kansas City <laughs> on uh, on Friday, and then uh, and then head up to Ames on Saturday. Outstanding. Enjoy the trip. I love that uh, Jack Tri Stadium is a great little place. I love being up there. Uh, travel safe, and we'll talk to you next week. Alrighty, thanks guys. I'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.